your Bibles, look at Matthew chapter 26 tonight, if you would. And I want you to look at verse number 17. And I'll not keep you very long tonight, but boy, I want you to hear me out on this message tonight. Uh, Matthew 26 and verse number 17. The Bible says, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Let's read tonight just a little further if we could, just to give you the context here. The Bible says in verse number 20, Now when even was come, and he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth, as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man that he had not been born. And then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Take a drink, ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not henceforth, drink it henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out unto the Mount of Olives. And I want to talk to you just a few minutes tonight on this subject. Could you be such a man? Could you be such a man? Uh, and I hope that by the time we get done with this message tonight, that you'll be able to say, Preacher, I think I could be such a man. It's quite a question. And so I hope that you'll, uh, uh, we're, we're going to go to the Lord for a moment of prayer, and then I hope you'll stay tuned for the message tonight. Let's pray together as a church family. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary. And God, it's been a wonderful day today. And we just thank you for the blessing of God. Thank you for the goodness of the Lord. And God, we thank you for your presence and your spirit. And Lord, we thank you for the precious, uh, Lord, the, the precious book that you've given us here tonight in the Bible. And I pray that you'll help us as we preach tonight. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you would work in and through the live stream. I pray that you'd work here on the immediate church property. And God, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. And I pray all that's done would glorify the precious Son of God tonight. Oh, Lord, the best we know how, we plead the blood of Jesus over the service, God, over the message. And, Lord, I pray that you'd, uh, Lord, just have your way tonight. Save that one that's nearest hell and encourage that one that may be discouraged. And, God, I pray tonight that you would challenge us really good from thy word. God, help us, please. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Uh, we're reading here in Matthew chapter 26 about the Passover. The Bible tells us the Passover was at hand, and it was a time when the Jews re remembered the blood of a lamb being shed and applied to the doorpost. 
and in essence keeping the death angel away or passing over, just like the name tells us, passing over their door. Little did these Jewish people know that the lamb, the lamb, was about to shed his blood for the sin of mankind. Not a lamb, but the lamb was about to be killed himself. The lamb of God was about to be sacrificed on the cross of Calvary. And his precious blood would be shed once and for all for the sins of mankind. But the Passover was at hand. The disciples of Christ, knowing that the Lord, of course, would want to honor the Passover, wanted to know, Lord, uh, where do you want us to prepare the Passover? When posed with that question, we notice here that Jesus knew of just such a man who had a place that would be suited for their needs. I'm very interested tonight in verse number 18. In fact, we're going to stay there pretty much the whole night tonight. Verse number 18, the Bible says, And he said, Go into the city to such a man. Go into the city to such a man. And say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. Man, I read that a week or two ago. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart in such a real way. And I never had thought that I'd read that story, I don't know how many times, over and over and over again. But I never really thought about that man. I never really thought about the man that had the home. We, we always think about the Last Supper. We always think about, uh, you know, the betrayal at the Last Supper. We always think about Judas Iscariot I preached from a few weeks ago. Uh, and we think about all those things that happened at the Last Supper, but I never really thought about the actual man or the house that the Lord Jesus Christ used for the Last Supper. Now, I would say this tonight directly. The Bible doesn't give us very much information about this man. For instance, we're not sure what his name was. I don't know what his name was. I, I, I'm sure that a popular name back in that, that day would be Joseph, but we're not sure his name was Joseph. I'm sure that a popular day, a name back in that day would be Isaiah or maybe Amos or Daniel. But we're not sure exactly what this man's name was. We're not exactly sure where the house was. Evidently it was in the city, but we're not exactly sure of the location of the house. Uh, evidently it was a house that was large enough to accommodate 13 men for dinner. And so evidently maybe it was a large house. Maybe this man was a man that was a man of, of some means. Maybe he had uh, some wealth. But to, but to be honest with you, directly the Bible doesn't tell us much about this man. But oh, I'm going to tell you something. Indirectly, indirectly, Scripture actually tells us quite a bit about this man. And I want to share some of those, maybe what we would call indirect truths with you tonight that I think are absolutely beautiful. Number one, we know this about this man. We may not know his name. We may not know the actual location of the house, but we do know this. First of all, we notice this man was surrendered to this mention. He was surrendered to this mention from our Lord. Now you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Why don't you see it with me? Look, if you will, verse number 18. The Bible says, and he, talking about the Lord, and he said, Go into the city to 
such a man, look at the next two words, and say. Go into such a man and say. Man, I love that. You know what the Lord was saying? Just tell him and he'll do it. Just say it. Just mention that I have need of this home. And you know what? He'll do it. Just at the mention of it, he'll do it. Whatever you need. You won't have to beg. You won't have to plead. You won't have to barter an agreement. You won't have to sign a contract. Hey, fellas, just ask him. And whatever you ask him to do, you know what? I promise you, that man will do it. Can I ask you this tonight, Calvary? If God mentioned something to you, are you such a man? Are you such a woman? Are you such a teenager that just at the mention you would be willing to do it? Well, I tell you what, I'm so thankful tonight that I pastor a church of some of the greatest people in the world. I'm so glad that at Calvary Baptist Church, you know what? We can just mention something. And you know what? People do it. And and that's been the case the last few weeks. And and a lot of the folks that have not been in the limelight, you've not seen these folks. They've not been up on the stage necessarily. Maybe they've not sung a song, but there's been people behind the scenes that, you know what? I would just mention something to them. And you know what? They made sure that they went and they got it done. I think about our, our sound guys and our video guys. And uh, you know what? You've not seen their face very much. You, you, you didn't know, but you know what? They were working behind the scenes. And, and there would be days when I would just mention something and they would say, Preacher, we'll do that. We'll, 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 we'll make that happen. We'll get that done. I thought about uh, yesterday. I came here yesterday and, and I was uh, picking around a little bit with Brother Allen. Brother Allen's one of our deacons. And, uh, and every week we've had driving service. We've had driving service at a different location. And so every week I call Brother Allen. I say, Brother Allen, I need you to move the trailer here. I need you to move the trailer here. And, uh, and I came yesterday and I told him, I said, I know we're playing musical trailers. And, and he said, Preacher, whatever you need, whatever you need, Wherever you need it to go, he said, I'll be more than willing to move it there. And that's the kind of guy this guy was. The Lord said, hey, fellas, just go to him and just mention it. And you know what? He will do it. If God mentions something to you tonight, are you such a man? Oh, you say, yes, 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 pastor. I'm such a man. Are you really? Are you really? I wonder tonight, if God mentioned to you missions, would you be such a man? If God came to you and said, you know what? I want you to surrender the mission field. I want you to leave America. I want you to go to South America. I want you to go to Brazil. I want you to go to Mexico. I want you to go to Africa. I'd like you to go to Australia or New Zealand. Are you such a man that you would say, uh, Lord, I'll do that. I'll be willing to do that. By the way, uh, the, the, the family that sang for us this morning are such a man. I thought about Brother Moore. Brother Moore pastoring a, a, a successful church up in Moravian Falls. And man, God was blessing. And, and uh, I mean, the Lord was using them up there. But God came to, to Brother Moore and said, I, I want you to surrender the church. And I want you to go into missions. And, and, and Brother Moore, I'm sure Brother Moore maybe wondered. But you know what? Thank God he was such a man. And he said, Lord, I'll do it if that's what you want me to do. Well, you want us to go to Salt Lake City? That's exactly what we're going to do. Hey, young man, can I ask you a question? If Jesus mentioned preaching to you, are you such a man? Would you consider that? 
Oh, you say, Pastor, I can't hardly stand to, to get in front of a crowd. I'm so bashful and introverted and, 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 and preacher, I, I, I could never preach. I'm going to tell you something. God will never, never call you to do something if he's not going to give you what you need to get it done. Amen. And young man, young teenage boy, young teenage boy, you know what? One of these days, Brother Steve's going to pass off the scene. And one of these days, Brother Brandon's going to pass off the scene. And one of these days, uh, people like Philip Moore are going to pass off the scene and we need some young men who will rise to the occasion and say you know what I, I preacher I, I may not be a good public speaker but I'll work at it I'll work at it and if the Lord came to you and said hey young man I want you to surrender to the call to preach I want you to preach the gospel that's what I want you to do with your life are you such a man that you would say Lord if that's what you want that's what I'll do surrendered surrendered to the mere mention hey church member if Jesus mentioned tithing, are you such a man? If Jesus came to you and said, I want you to give, would you give? If Jesus mentioned singing in the choir, would you sing? Oh, you say, Pastor, I, I've never done that before, and I don't know about getting up in front of a crowd. I understand that. I'm just saying this, not if your preacher came to you. I'm saying if Jesus came to you and said, I want you to sing in the choir, would you be willing to sing in the choir? And would you be willing to live that life that goes with singing in the choir? Hey, if Jesus came to you tonight and mentioned playing an instrument, playing an instrument, some of you, you know what? God has gifted you, God's blessed you, and you can play an instrument, and yet you're not using that gift for the glory of God. And, 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 and I, I, want, I want to just say this, if God has blessed you with a gift, whatever you do, use it for his good and use it for his glory. And don't hide that talent in the ground. And, and the Lord comes and says, hey, I want you to play a piano. I, I want you to play a guitar. I, I want you to play a keyboard. I, I want you to play an instrument. Hey, are you such a man that you would say, Lord, I, I'm a little scared. I, I, I'm a little bashful. But, but Lord, if that's what you want, that's what I'll do. Man, I love this. I love this. We don't know what this man's name was. We're not sure exactly the address of his home. But I do know this. He was surrendered. And the Lord said, fellas, you just tell him. Just tell him. Just say, the master has need of your house. And he'll do it. He'll do it. And so number one, we noticed this man was surrendered to the mention. But number two, I believe there's something else great we find here. Number two, we noticed this man was separated in his manner. He was separated in his manner. Would you look back at verse number 18 again? The Bible says, oh, this is good. The Bible says, and he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master saith, my time is at hand. Watch now, watch. I will keep the Passover, look at the next three words, at thy house. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. I believe that tells us a great deal. You know what that tells us? It tells us that this man's house was a place that Jesus would want to be. I'm just guessing that Christ probably wouldn't want to hold the Last Supper anywhere. I'm just probably guessing that the Lord Jesus wouldn't want to hold the Last Supper at a beer joint or a tavern or a saloon on the side of the road. 
I'm just guessing probably that the Lord wouldn't want to hold the Last Supper uh, in a house of prostitution. But he said, fellas, I know exactly where I want you to go. I know exactly where I want it to be. And you tell this man that the master hath need of his house. And, and it tells me that, that Jesus was wanting to be at this man's house. May I ask you a question? Is your house a place where Jesus would feel comfortable? I'm talking about the music in your house. Would Jesus feel comfortable listening to the music that you have on your iPhone or your stereo or your iPod or whatever the case may be? Would, uh, would Jesus be comfortable around, around the magazines that you have in your house, around the movies that you have in your house, around the management of your house. I'm just, I don't know, but I'm just guessing, you know what, if the Lord's going to be there, I'm just guessing that evidently this guy, evidently his kids were somewhat well behaved. I'm just guessing evidently this man's house was fairly clean if the Lord was wanting to be there. I thought about, I thought about the story where the Bible says Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah. Remember that story? The Bible says that he came to the king and here was his message, set Thine house in order. May I ask us a question tonight? Is our house in order if Jesus wanted to visit tonight? Is it a place that the Lord would want to fellowship? Is it a place where the Lord would want to stay overnight? I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what church, a double standard is killing our churches today. And especially our young people. I'm talking about uh, pastoring people who, who live one way at church and another way at home. They have one standard at the house of God. They have another substandard at home. And you know what? It is absolutely, if there is one thing that's killing our youth and killing our kids, it's those homes that are living a double standard. Listen, this is all I'm saying. The way you live at church is the way you ought to live at home. And the language you use at church ought to be the language you use at home. And the way you treat your wife at church ought to be the way you treat your wife at home. And the way you treat your kids at church ought to be the way you treat your kids at home. I'm so thankful for godly parents who are consistent. I had a mom and a dad, and still do, I have a mom and a dad that, that, you know what, they were at church what they were at home. When we came home, nothing changed. <laughs> dad was a deacon at our church and we came home, he acted the same at home that he acted at church. Mom was a Sunday school teacher at church. And when we went home, mom acted the same at home as she acted at church. Are you living tonight a Christian life that's sanctified and a separated life in Jesus Christ? The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified. That word sanctified means to be set apart. Sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Let me just read for you if I could. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. The Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? 
and what agreement hath the temple of God with the idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And this is all I'm saying. It is high time that God's people got back to living holy lives and separated lives, and you live the same life at church that you live at home. And you know what? Our homes ought to be a place where we can welcome in the blessed Son of God. We notice this man was surrendered to the mere mention of the Lord. He was separated in his manner, but we notice something else. I'll hit this and go to the last point. We notice thirdly, this man was, and I love this, this man was suggested for this moment. Look back at verse 18 again. And he said, so here, here the disciples have said, Lord, where would you have us prepare Verse 18, and he said, go into the city to such a man. In other words, fellas, I have exactly the man that I want you to go to. When Jesus had a need, he basically said, I've got just the man. Man, as I read that this week, I thought, Lord, I hope I can be that man. I hope I can be the kind of man that you could come and say, hey, I've got a job I need you to do. And I would say, Lord, I'll do it. Whatever it might be, whenever, wherever, Lord, I'm willing to go. We notice this man was surrendered to the mention, separated in his manner, suggested for this moment. But let me close tonight. But let me close on a very high note. Number last, we notice this man was staged near the master. I don't think we're going to have a more important point than that one. Now think, think with me. Look at verse 18. Verse 18. And he said, and here's the Lord speaking, and he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master saith, my time is at hand. Notice the last line. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. I don't know what this guy's name is. I don't know the exact address of his home. I don't know if he had a wife and children. I don't know how many children he had, but I do know this. I do know this. Evidently, this man looked on as the last supper took place. In fact, it's quite possible that he was actually involved in the actual meal. How many people do you know could say, Last Supper, oh yes, I was there. I saw Jesus break the bread. I saw Jesus share the cup. You see, I was that close. I was staged that close. In fact, I wrote this down in big bold letters. He was close enough that he could hear the voice of God. As Jesus spoke that night, as he gave the, the instructions to the disciples, as he gave those warnings and those, even those rebukes. I just, I've just got to believe that man was within earshot. You say around the table? I don't know. But I believe he was within earshot. I believe he could hear. I, I believe he could. He was, he was so close that he could hear the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to the disciples. 
May I ask us a question tonight? Are you so close that you often hear the voice of the master? You know what Moses was, wasn't he? The Bible says about Moses in Exodus chapter 33, verse number 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. The other day, my wife was trying to communicate with me by way of cell phone. And we had already uh, probably dropped the call at least three times, maybe four times. She'd call me, it would, it, and the call would be dropped, and I'd call her back. And, and I mean, it was like three or four times we tried, to, we tried to connect with each other. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, I just could not hear her voice. Now, you know why I couldn't hear Miss Tammy? Now, think, think with me. You know why I couldn't hear my wife? Because we weren't close enough. Had she been right beside me, she could have just spoken, and I would have heard her. But the truth is, we weren't close enough. And past that, you know why she couldn't communicate with me? Because Miss Tammy was in a really bad place. In fact, I'm pretty sure she said that when, we, when she finally was able to get in touch with me. She said, man, I've been in such a bad place. You know what? It's very important that we as children of God avoid at all costs getting in a bad place where we can't communicate with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. This is all I'm saying, I'm done. You know what? We ought to be so close to the Lord we can hear his voice. I thought about that story about King David. I know you remember what I'm talking about. The Bible says that the enemy forces of, of, of the Philistines had taken control of Bethlehem. The Bible says a garrison had taken control of Bethlehem. And David was somewhere around Bethlehem, and he looked down into Bethlehem, and boy, his mind began to go back, and the memories began to flood his mind. And David thought about that well in Bethlehem where he used to drink. He remembered that cold, cool, refreshing, invigorating water. And I honestly believe David, as David peered down into the city there, knowing that he couldn't go in there because of the enemy. David just mentioned this. David said, oh, that someone would give me a drink from the well in Bethlehem. Read the story. David had some mighty men. And evidently those mighty men stayed close enough to the king that when they heard the king mention that he wanted a, a drink of water from that well, did you know the Bible says those mighty men fought their way through the garrison of the Philistines and they dipped water out of that well and they brought it back to the king. Boy, thank God for some men who stayed close to the king. Hey, are you close to the king tonight? Are you so close to the Lord that you can hear his whisper? You can hear him talk to you? You can hear his voice? I thought about that story and it's been a little while since I've told it. There was a lady that was going to church and her dad had passed away. He was up in age and he had passed away. She called the pastor and she said, Preacher, I just want to let you know. She said, I'm over here at daddy's house. And she said, uh, she said daddy's passed away and, and uh, if you could come, that'd be great. Well, the pastor 
you know, ran out to the car and he made his way over to the home. And he walked in the door. And of course, a number of family was there. And he saw the daughter. He recognized from the church there and went up to her. And he said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And they began to talk. And the pastor didn't know, but the pastor got ready. There were, there were two rocking chairs sitting, down, sitting there. And, and the pastor just went to sit down in one of those rocking chairs. And as he got ready to sit down, the daughter stopped him and said, no, 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 preacher. Don't sit there. Man, he hopped up. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she said, oh, preacher, I didn't mean to scare you. But she said, if you will, don't sit there. She said, uh, that's Jesus' chair. And he said, excuse me. She said, Pastor, that's Jesus' rocking chair. She said, let me explain. She said, my dad, she said, my dad loved the Lord. And she said, he loved to walk with God. But she said, whenever daddy got still, he'd go to sleep. And she said, daddy would get down on his knees sometimes and, and it wouldn't be just a little while. She said, he'd just go to sleep. And so daddy so wanted to walk with the Lord that he, he came up with an idea. He went out here to the hardware store and he bought two beautiful rocking chairs. He bought one for him and he bought one for Jesus. And, he, and she said, preacher, she said, daddy pulled those rocking chairs right there close to one another. And she said, every day my dad would sit down in one of those rocking chairs. And you know what? He'd just rock and he'd see Jesus sitting in that other rocking chair. And he'd just stay there sometimes maybe for hours just talking to the Lord. She said, preacher, we hadn't heard from dad in several days and she said, we knew something was wrong. She said, I came over. She said, I finally got in the house. And she said, when I came in the house, she said, I found daddy in the rocking chair. And she said, preacher, when I got up there to him, she said, his hand was draped over the arm of the other rocking chair. And she said, it was just like he was rocking and talking to the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord reached over and said, hey, Pop, you ready to go home? And she said, preacher, I think Jesus just reached over and took daddy by the hand and they went to glory. Can I ask you a question? Are you such a man, such a woman, such a teenager that you're staged near the master where you can hear his voice? Well, I don't know about y'all. I hope I'll be such a man. I want to be such a man. Would you, would you pray with me tonight? Father, I thank you so much for this time we've had together this evening. And God, I pray that we've said something tonight that would honor you and glorify you. Lord, it could be that maybe somebody's watching tonight that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And right now, Father, we're going to take a moment and we're going to give them what we call the gospel and I pray that even now, Heavenly Father, that you would do a work of grace in their heart and lives. If you're watching tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that if I died, I would go to heaven. Preacher, I don't know that I'm a Christian. Can I tell you several things? By the way, you'll find all these things in, in the Word of God. The first thing is this. The Bible says we're all sinners in need of a Savior. Romans 3, 23, for the Bible says, For all have sinned, all, me, Brother Brandon, Brother Allen, Brother Evan, we've all sinned. All of us are sinners. By the way, the best person you know is a sinner. They're a sinner. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because of that sin, the Bible says there's a penalty we have to pay. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is 
death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says if we die in our sin, that death is that penalty we have to pay. And ultimately, death and hell. Revelation chapter 20, verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If we die in our sin, hell will be our destiny. But oh, listen, my dear friend, I've got some wonderful news. Did you know that God loved you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus? Jesus, the perfect son of God, came. He took my sins upon him. He took your sins upon him. And he went to the cross of Calvary. And there he bled and suffered and died to pay the penalty for your sin and mine. They took him off the cross and they put him in a grave. But the Bible says that three days later, God raised him from the dead. He's a living, resurrected Savior. And he wants to change your life tonight. He wants to save you tonight. You say, Pastor, I want it. I want that salvation. I want to be a Christian. How can I do that? If you believe, the Bible says, to as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Right now, out of a heart of faith, if you'll turn to Jesus, right now, call to the Lord and just say something like this, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again from the dead. And right now, I invite you into my heart and life. I want you tonight to become my Savior. I make you my Lord and Savior tonight. Lord, take me to heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Hey, friend, Romans 10, 13, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'll seek him tonight, you'll find him. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open to me. Jesus said, I'll come in, sup with him. Listen, tonight, open your heart and life to Christ, and I promise you, he will come in. If you did that, if you did that, be sure you comment. Let us know. Pastor, I became a believer tonight. Preacher, I got saved tonight. Pastor, I became a Christian tonight. We want to rejoice with you. We want to rejoice with you tonight. Calvary family. We sure love you. Hey, listen, we'll live stream Wednesday night. And then next Sunday morning, God willing, we'll assemble as a local New Testament church. We love you. Hope you have a great rest of the night. God bless and take care.